we have never yet seen what the future of the internet could be designed and built through the female lens at scale. And so the solution is very simple. Named the most provocative woman in the world, Cindy Gallup is one of the fiercest women I know. She's the founder and CEO of Make Love, Not Porn, the world's first and only user-generated, human-curated social sex video-sharing platform. She's the face of the social sex revolution with a mission to end rape culture by socializing and normalizing sex and promoting good sexual values and behavior. With over 30 years in the advertising industry, Cindy is an outspoken advocate of diversity and inclusion in advertising, tech, and business. She consults with brands on radical, breakthrough, innovative, and transformative ways to change the game in their industries. Given the seat that Cindy sits in, she joined Creativity Squared to weigh in on the solution to non-consensual online abuse highlighted by the horrific Taylor Swift deepfakes that recently went viral on Twitter before being taken down. Spoiler alert, her solution doesn't have anything to do with regulation. This episode does contain sensitive topics related to online harms, so please take this as your trigger warning. What happened to Taylor Swift is a women's rights issue. 96% of deep fakes disproportionately target women, and the number of them being created is exploding with the acceleration of AI. Assume for now that any AI-created porn is done without consent and avoid it. Online harms are abuse and should be treated as such. That said, can we use AI to reimagine the future of porn with positive experiences through the female lens? Absolutely. What can a safe internet for all look like? Discover Cindy's answer to this question and how to address the exponential growth in non-consensual deepfakes and revenge porn. You'll also hear about her unique 100% human curation model designed to create safe online community spaces. Cindy doesn't mince her words when it comes to the people who are building our AI tools and how critical it is to fund female founders. She also discusses the link between creativity and sexual expression and how the two can increase productivity, maybe even more so than AI. Enjoy. But have you ever thought, what if this is all just a dream? Welcome to Creativity Squared. Discover how creatives are collaborating with artificial intelligence in your inbox, on YouTube, and on your preferred podcast platform. Hi, I'm Helen Todd, your host, and I'm so excited to have you join the weekly conversations I'm having with amazing pioneers in the space. The intention of these conversations is to ignite our collective imagination at the intersection of AI and creativity to envision a world where artists thrive. Cindy, welcome to Creativity Squared. It's so good to have you on the show. Great to be here. And I know it's your birthday today and you're making a special exception to be on Creativity Squared. So I feel extremely honored. Uh, so happy birthday as well. Thank you. 
I've been following you for a long time. You're so fierce uh, in not only the advertising space, advocating for feminism, but also in the um, online adult entertainment space. Uh, but for those who are meeting you for the first time, I was hoping you could introduce yourself. Sure. So I'm Cindy Gallup. I'm the founder and CEO of Make Love Not Porn. We are pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. So Make Love Not Porn came about because I date younger men, realized many years ago that when we don't talk openly and honestly about sex, porn becomes sex education by default. And so Make Love Not Porn is the world's first and only user-generated, 100% human-curated social sex video sharing platform. The way to think about us is if porn is the Hollywood blockbuster movie, Make Love Not Porn is the badly needed documentary. We are a unique window onto the funny, messy, loving, wonderful sex we all have in the real world. We are socializing, normalizing, and destigmatizing sex to promote consent, communication, good sexual values and behavior. We are literally sex education through real world demonstration. Thank you. And having grown up in East Tennessee and the sex ed that I got in East Tennessee, uh, this is very, very welcomed. And why we're speaking today is specifically because you sit in such an interesting seat to add color and perspective to what happened last week. And for those who do not know, which I can't imagine not too many people knowing because it hit the news, uh, last week, Taylor Swift had deep fakes that were very explicit, blow up on Twitter. Some, I think one video racked up 45 million views before it was taken down. And then uh, Twitter slash X, you know, stopped uh, searches of Taylor being uh, shown. So it's horrific. Uh, deep fakes have been happening for years and it just happened to a celebrity. Um, so there's a lot more to the story, but when it comes to deep fakes, I think 96% of them affect women specifically. Um, and we're only going to see more with the rise in the rapid acceleration of AI. So pro porn, pro positive sex and pro communication, anti deep fakes without consent. Um, you have a very specific perspective on this. So let's hear it. Sure. Um, so the really important thing, Helen, is that there is absolutely a solution to the horrific, explosive growth of deep fakes, which, as you pointed out, um, are not just impacting celebrities. They have for years been impacting ordinary women and girls all around the world. Um, and the solution is very simple. Fund female founders. And let me explain why I say that. Um, and, and I am going to use my own work in this context because this is precisely why I've been doing what I've been doing for the past 15 years while trying to get the tech and business world um, to see what needs to happen. The young white male founders of the giant tech platforms that dominate all our lives today, including OpenAI, they are not the primary targets, online or offline, of harassment, abuse, sexual assault, racism, violence, rape, revenge porn. Therefore, they did not and they do not proactively design for the prevention of any of those things on any of their platforms. And we see the results of that around us every single day, as we just have done with the Taylor Swift deepfakes. 
those of us who are most at risk every single day, women, black people, people of color, LGBTQ, people with disabilities, we design safe spaces and safe experiences, but we don't get funded. Last year, only 1.7% of all venture capital went to female founders. White male VCs are funding white male founders. And that is the problem right there. And I'm going to give you, as I said, you know, my own demonstration of how very different all of this could be. So I designed Make Love Not Porn through the female lens to be the safest place on the internet because I designed it around what everybody else should have, nobody else did, human curation. There is no self-publishing of anything on Make Love Not Porn. Our curators watch every frame of every video submitted from beginning to end before we approve or reject and we publish it. Nobody else does that. We review every post on every member profile. And by the way, on Make Love Not Porn, your posts can be as safe work or not safe work as you like, but we review them. We review every comment on every video before we approve or reject and publish them. No one else does that. We can vouch for every single piece of content on our platform in a way that nobody else anywhere on the internet can. And here's the important thing about that, Helen. At Make Love Not Porn, we are tiny bootstrapping, have no money, and we've human curated everything for 11 years. Imagine what Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, OnlyFans could do with their billions if they chose to. Safety on the internet is not a matter of viability, it's a matter of will. And it's precisely because as I said, only 1.7% of all venture capital last year went to female founders, that we have never yet seen what the future of the internet could be designed and built through the female lens at scale. And so the solution is very simple. Fund female founders, fund female AI founders, because we build the solutions to this problem. But no one's ever seen how they operate because nobody will fund us. As a female founder, I couldn't agree or support that comment even more. Um, and I love that you do so much human um, verification on your platform and monitoring. How does that work at scale, at the scale of like Facebook where they have millions? And I know there's been a lot of articles um, where they you know, outsource this to people in, um, in Africa and different countries and that there is like the human factor of having to, you know, actually approve or disapprove of this content has a toll too. So how, how do you balance that um, when it comes to the monitoring of these platforms and the content on them? So um, you don't have to when you adopt my human curation model and make love not porn. And, and let me explain what I mean by that, Helen, because what you've just cited is um, a function of the fact that Basically, Facebook et al. Um, allows self-publishing of anything. And then they try and moderate after the event. Okay. So, um, you know, first of all, um, I designed Make Love Not Porn around my own beliefs and philosophies, one of which is that everything in life starts with you and your values. So I regularly ask people this question, what are your sexual values? And nobody can ever answer me because we're not taught to think like that. 
Our parents bring us up to have good manners, work ethic, sense of responsibility, accountability. Nobody ever brings us up to behave well in bed, but they should, because in bed, values like empathy, sensitivity, generosity, kindness, honesty, trust, respect are as important as those values are in every other area of our lives where we're actively taught to exercise them. And the reason I bring that point up is because the starting point for anything that you build should be the values at the heart of it. Okay. I designed Make Love Not Porn around enormous respect for our community and around this pioneering concept of good sexual values and good sexual behavior. And so for us, human curation starts far further back than our platform itself. And what I mean by that is we make it crystal clear what Make Love Not Porn stands for, what it's all about, you know, what kind of content we want, not just in our FAQs on the site, but across all our social channels, in every media interview, in every speaking engagement where I talk about Make Love Not Porn. Here's the really interesting thing. When you make it crystal clear what you stand for and what kind of content you want, that is the only kind of content you get. I'm always very entertained when people say to me, oh, Cindy, you know, what, what mental health measures do you have in place for your curators? Because they must have to watch such awful stuff. And I go, no. Our curators watch nothing but love all day, every day, because we made it crystal clear that is what Make Love Not Porn exists to celebrate and showcase, and that is the only kind of content we get. And the important thing about that, um, Helen, because, you know, I've been speaking up about my model for years, and by the way, our model should be a Harvard Business Review case study, because if big tech platforms adopted my model, what they would find is that A, um, it's enormously easy to implement at scale, and B, they would make far more money than they currently are by implementing it. Um, so what I mean by that is, uh, first of all, our model is incredibly efficient and incredibly scalable. At scale, and I'm working to raise a serious round of funding for Make Love Not Porn right now, um, at scale, our human curation workforce is simply our version of any enterprise software unicorn's sales force. All of those huge enterprise software unicorn platforms hire thousands of people to sell their software into companies. Okay, same deal. Um, it's eminently scalable. Um, but the reason I say every big tech platform could very easily adopt this model and they would make more money is because, first of all, the moment you move to a no self-publishing human creation everything model, the moment you announce that, you instantly turn off the fire hose of racism, Nazism, child abuse, because the moment people know, bad actors know, they cannot get that stuff through on your platform any longer, they stop submitting it, okay? And then when that is the case, the reason you will make even more billions of dollars than you do currently is two words, brand safety. When you can guarantee to advertisers, because you have adopted my human curation model, 
that their advertising will never, ever end up next to anything they don't want it to. Bloody hell. You know, you turn off the fire hose of shit and you turn on the fire hose of money. And I think you can look at the dumpster fire of X slash Twitter last year and just the advertisers that left um, just seeing what happened on that platform. So I, I very much appreciate that and love what you said about your moderators get to, to look at love every day. That, that was so beautiful. Um, on, on the regulatory side, because there's the fund female founders um, on the regulatory side, do you have any um, opinions what needs to happen on that front? Um, there needs to be regulation, but quite frankly, Helen, I, I'm just going to hammer home my one key message. Fund female founders at scale, and you won't have to worry about the regulation because we will have built the solutions. Okay, And you know how slowly regulation, legislation, politics moves. Um, that is why that is not the answer. Fund female founders. Let me give you another example um, in my own case. And, and it's worth just saying um, to our listeners who may not be fully aware of this, that the one thing I didn't realize when I embarked on building Make Love Not Porn was that I and my tiny team would fight an enormous battle every single day, not even to grow our business, just to keep it going. Basically because every piece of business infrastructure, any other tech startup takes for granted, we can't, the small print always says no adult con content. We can't get funded, we can't get banked, You know, we can't put payments in place. It's important people understand that that is what has been holding me back. But with, with the right level of funding, you know, honestly, one hundredth of what gets flung at white bro founders all the time, I can overcome all of that. So um, I have had an AI product in the pipeline at Make Love Not Porn for five years. I'm not kidding. You know, I came up with this concept five years ago, aided by a dear friend whose background is AI and machine learning. And the reason you've still not seen it out there is because I cannot find investors willing to fund it, okay? People are really happy to throw up their hands in horror about, you know, deep fake porn. Um, nobody's funding me and other female founders building the solutions. So um, uh, OpenAI's ChatGPT, you know, um, all, all of the, you know, AI um, applications people are using now very widely today are built on LLMs, large language models. Um, given what I shared about our human curation model at Make Love Not Porn, I have something utterly unique. I have an LVM, a large video model, that is the world's only pool of 100% human curated, therefore guaranteed, fully consensual, real world sex video content. And with funding, I want to use that LVM to build an algorithm for consent with a ton of different use cases. For example, Hollywood. Because all around us in popular culture, movies, videos, music videos, we see every day representations of what purports to be consensual sex, consensual sex scenes that are actually modeling non-consensual sexual behavior. Imagine the ability to run your script, your scene through an algorithm 
that will tell you whether or not what you are showcasing is consensual. Uh, criminal court, where, as you probably know, something like 1% of all reported rapes end up in court, and, and, and that is reported rapes. There is a vast, and with the conviction rate is like 0 0.00, you know, um, the vast majority of rapes go unreported because people know exactly how loaded against them the process is. This is the only crime where the onus is on the victim to prove it actually happened. He said, she said. So again, imagine an algorithm for consent that you could run cases through to identify what is and isn't consensual behavior. Okay, that is just one demonstration of what female founders want to build an AI that all those white male VCs are not funding. Okay, so I go back to it doesn't matter about the regulation, the le legislation. You know, we are only able to change all of this when we, the female Mark Zuckerbergs of the future, are funded to build our solutions to be able to operate them at scale to build a better, safer internet for everybody. Because I've been saying for literally decades, we live in a world where the default setting is always male. Men, you have no idea how much happier you would be living and working in a world that was equally designed, informed, led and managed by all of us. That's what the future of the internet could be, a safer, happier place for men as much as for women. But until we get funded at the same level white men do, it ain't happening. Our listeners, especially, I know we have some VCs uh, who listen to the show, uh, fund women and Cindy's project. One um, one of the taglines of the show is to envision a world where artists not only coexist with AI but thrive, and that envisioning a world where we all thrive, I think, is so important because so much of AI, even in the deep fake um, conversations, all go to the negative, and we really do need that picture of like what does you know, equality and equity look like? What would the internet look like? And there aren't actually that many examples out there. Um, but Make Love Not Porn is is a good example of that. Um, is there any other female-led sites that you think are really embracing or female-founded uh, applications or companies that you think really embrace this reimagining what the internet could look like as well? Absolutely, because what you just said, um, Helen, has prompted me to um, share with our listeners in a much happier context, my dear friend Natalie Diggins' brilliant project, thearts.ai. So, so to your point, so Natalie is a technologist, um, an engineer by background, but she is a passionate fan of and patron of the arts. And so um, she has built the arts.ai to basically um, bring to and demonstrate across a number of different fields of artistic endeavor how, to exactly your point, AI can actually help you thrive versus what people fear replacing you. And so um, if you go to the arts.ai, she is providing tools and guides. She's just started this, by the way. So at the moment, I think it's... Um, you know, uh, in the fields of um, uh, photography, um, jazz music, um, theater management. Um, she's building out more and more as we speak. Um, and 
And what I love about this, so this is just one example of what I wrote about. Um, I'd like to refer our listeners to an op-ed I wrote for Fast Company last month, um, which you can find searching online, which was called um, Three Reasons the Future of AI Relies on Women. And, um, and my point about this um, is, is that, you know, we build use cases the world embraces, okay? And, um, and so um, what I love about what, what Natalie is doing is that um, she is building what I call opportunity AI, okay? So versus the AI doomerism of all those white guys, you know, t- um, who are making a shit ton of money out of AI and going, and by the way, it's going to kill us all and end humanity and whatever, you know, um, Natalie, like like many other women, and and in my op-ed in Fast Company, I cite a number of female-founded AI ventures that, that are using AI in very everyday, welcome, beneficial terms. But you know, the great thing about what Natalie is doing is that she is um, democratizing access to AI for arts practitioners and showing you how you can use this to you know supercharge your career supercharge your ability to make money out of the arts and and when you fund female founders you know you are funding opportunity ai for all of us i love that and all of the links that are mentioned i'll be sure to put them in the dedicated blog post that accompanies this well and since this is kind of a special episode um and i'm so excited to that you hopped on kind of last minute um it is coming, uh, or it will be published before the Super Bowl, which is going to be massive with the Chiefs and everything that happened with Taylor Swift. We've got Valentine's Day just around the corner after that. I, I think one message that I want to make sure to include in this episode is, you know, I'm pro make love, not porn uh, in my stance, um, but there have been some like AI chat girlfriends by the creators, but if any porn is AI created, just assume that it's done without consent. So watch porn, go to make love, not porn. Um, but don't participate in any AI created porn. Just assume that it's done without consent um, and don't support it because you're only amplifying the issue. Now, 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 here's here's a um, counterpoint to that, Helen. Okay, because um, I, I just think it's um, it's very important again to think about what you fund when you fund women. Okay, and I say this because um, so uh, gosh, um, seven years ago now, um, I participated in a wonderful thing that the New Museum here in New York does um, every year with with Rhizome, the Arts Foundation, called Seven on Seven. And what they do is they invite seven artists and seven technologists to be paired up and to collaborate on something that they put together um, very quickly in 48 hours. And, and seven years ago, I was paired with the amazing digital artist, Adi Wagenknecht. And um, we, um, we actually fleshed out um, a Make Love Not Porn product I'd had in the pipeline for years. And, and again, this is worth talking about in this context because... Um, in fact, if you don't mind, I'm going to go into a bit more detail with that before I bring this back to, to my response to your, to your question. Um, uh, because, again, you know, given what I was saying earlier, um, one of the products I'm raising funding to build is a messaging app. And the reason it's a messaging app is because apps like Snapchat and WhatsApp, white male founded, 
refuse to admit that their exponential growth has been driven by one thing and one thing only, sexting. They literally, you know, will not answer questions about interviews, avoid all mention of it. Here's the problem, again, when you refuse to admit that A, sexting is a perfectly normal universal human activity, B, you refuse to admit that a ton of it goes on in your app, you then do not proactively design for it. You don't design for privacy, security, confidentiality, and consent, and that is why we have a huge intimate image abuse revenge porn problem globally. So... I've been trying to raise funding for years for the Make Love Not Porn safe sexting app. It's called CoCentral. It does two things. Enables you to sext completely safely and securely using state-of-the-art cybersecurity because it's unashamedly designed for perfectly natural human activity sexting. But B, it also has built-in features, because this is what we're all about at Make Love Not Porn, designed to improve your communication around sex to improve your sexual relationship. So, um, so the wonderful thing about Seven on Seven seven years ago was that Addy helped me design that out, wireframe it. We're all ready to go the moment we can raise funding, which, by the way, seven years later, I still haven't yet. Um, but anyway, um, because I'm an alumni of this program, um, Rizem invited me back to the new museum this past Saturday to see the latest Seven on Seven. And as you would imagine, you know, this year there was a very heavy AI theme. And in fact, one of the participants was um, the woman who is the founder of Replica, um, which creates precisely those those um, chatbots that you're talking about that, that people fall in love with and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, but the reason I'm sharing this is because um, at the reception afterwards, I ran into a friend of mine um, and we were talking and she said to me that, you know, she was very frustrated with, you know, porn. Um, and, and, and by the way, part of the issue here is that um, I think what a lot of people don't realize is that um, there is a massive monopoly in the porn industry that would never be allowed to exist in any other industry that nobody wants to bring antitrust legislation to the adult world. A company that used to be called MindGeek, that is now called ALO, owns everything. They own Pornhub, YouPorn, RedTube, you know, browsers, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and so the difficulty, especially for women, is that if you want to find something that is not male lens, male-centric porn, um, you have no idea what to search for. I have a ton of brilliant independent female queer pornographer friends making very innovative, creative, disruptive porn. Because of ALO's stranglehold on the industry, nobody can find them. They don't get the traffic, the revenue, the numbers they deserve. Um, so, so my friend was talking about the fact that she was very frustrated. She couldn't find porn that she would want to watch. She said to me, I really want an AI application where I can tell it to create the porn I want to watch. Okay. And I think that is a very interesting application when it is designed and built through the female lens, okay? Um, because, you know, to, um, if you think again about, and, and by the way, um, I really want to find ways to, I don't know if patent is the right thing, but, but to get my human curation model out there so that many more people will operate the same way because that is the answer to operating the fact that you will only draw on a fully consented to, and by the way, importantly, in terms of money for artists and actors and performers, um, a fully licensed, where, where, where the people actually get, get a reward, you know, um, to, are compensated for participating in what is a fully consensual human curated model that you then draw on. And by the way, there is, um, um, you know, again, in this context, 
you know, the, uh, scale is overrated. It is ab it's absolutely possible to put together a fully consented to, fully approved, fully licensed model of enough material that you would be able to do that. Okay, that's how we come at it as women. And so, um, you know, I just want the listeners to be aware that, um, yes, you know, um, the um, the white male founded, male founded, you know, AI applications that are happening right now, they are not operating the way that we want to operate. When we are funded to operate our approach, you can absolutely watch AI porn and know that you are doing it in this fully ethical, fully legal, you know, um, um, and, and, and actually, you know, fully compensated context. So, so I just want people to be aware that that future is out there when we get funded. Yeah, and it, it's definitely possible. I, I heard a talk with um, Sam Altman discussing like the future of AI and our interactions with it. And it sounded like uh, for those who've watched Westworld uh, season four, where she literally was like a character and it would kind of holographically appear and then she would kind of state you know, the game and it would emerge that we'll be talking to computers in real time where they create this imagery in real time for us. Um, so exactly what you described as far as um, customized uh, porn to your liking. I mean, that opens up so much uh, possibilities and fantasy and imagination. Uh, through the female but, lens, through the female through lens, the female because, lens. because the men don't yeah. give a shit. Yeah, but right now this does not exist. So do not watch AI porn now. Fund female-founded uh, companies because uh, I, you know, it's a funny psychology, and I don't fully understand it. Why, if you could just have, you know, cartoon or you know, fake people created, why you need to put an actual human face that you know to it. But a lot of the the deep fake that targets people, it's by people who they know, and it's very maliciously done. Um, yeah, um, yeah, no, um, no, no, it's, it's, it's basically, um, so, um, so he, um, he, here's the thing, um, Helen, you know, to, in 15 years of working on Make Love Not Porn, you know, um, I've been asked the same question regularly in interviews along the lines of, um, and this question is relevant because this is the answer to, to what you're raising. So, Cindy, why do you think we're all so repressed about sex? And I've been asked this question so often. My response, um, I have my response down pat. Three reasons. Reason number one. So, reason number one is centuries of repression, religion, social, cultural dynamics in every country in the world. Um, what I'm addressing at Make Love Not Porn is a fully global issue. But reason number two, and this is the relevant point, reason number two is the patriarchy. Because historically, every institution, including government and religion, has been male-dominated. We as women have never been allowed to bring our lens to bear on human sexuality, and the world is a poorer place for it. And um, I make that point because, um, you know, what you are talking about is the operation of patriarchy and misogyny. And by the way, I recommend to everybody um, a brilliant book, um, which, um, in fact, I, you know, when I first discovered it, I bought a stack of, of these books. And I kept them by the door of my apartment. And I gave them out free to every single visitor. So read a book by Jack Holland um, called Misogyny, the World's Oldest Prejudice. What you are talking about is misogyny, and patriarchy in action. It's got nothing to do with arousal. It's misogyny, patriarchy, you know, 
abuse control. And, and so, you know, when we solve for that, okay, um, you, you also um, create a far happier internet for, for everybody. And, and uh, um, I'll give you an example. I mean, and, and by the way, just, just in case our listeners are wondering, the third, the third reason is there aren't enough people like me. And what I mean by that very straightforwardly is the world makes it bloody difficult to innovate and disrupt social narratives around sex. Many people have tried and given up and I don't blame them. My life is shitty on a daily basis because of what I do. We need more people like me who will not give up no matter what. But, um, you know, you know um, I, um, I make that point because um, I designed Make Love Not Porn to be fully diverse and inclusive. And we are. Our members are now Make Love Not Porn stars, range in age from 18 to 80, male, female, trans, non-binary, straight, LGBTQ, all races, ethnicities, we're a global platform. But in the 11 years we've operated as a business, we've realized that Make Love Not Porn is especially a revelation to men. More men send us grateful emails, leave appreciative comments than anybody else because we are something unique that men will find nowhere else on the internet, which is a safe space where men can be and watch other men being open, emotional, and vulnerable around sex. You would not believe the number of men who write to us regularly and say, I just watched my first video of Make Love Not Porn and afterwards I cried. I've said for years, I wish society understood the opposite of what it thinks is true. Women enjoy sex just as much as men, and men are just as romantic as women. Yet neither gender is allowed to openly celebrate either fact. We would all be so much better off if they were. I picked up a wonderful exchange on Twitter last year between two men. The first man had tweeted, as a joke, obviously, hey guys, I've got this really weird fetish. I've got this kink where I want to watch porn where people are honest, loving, loyal, decent, and really like each other. Hit me up with your hottest links, please. And another man replied and said, there's this website called Make Love Not Porn, we can watch real couples making love. He said, I watched a video where the woman said to her man, I love you while they're making love. He said, sincerely, I cried when I heard that. We are one of the solutions to toxic masculinity. And ultimately, um, Helen, our mission at Make Love Not Porn is to help end rape culture globally. And rape culture is what is causing this explosion of deep things. Um, we, and, and by the way, that sounds like a very, very big mission, but we have 11 years of proof of concept at a, at a micro level. We help end rape culture by doing something incredibly simple that nevertheless nobody else is doing. We end rape culture by showing you how wonderful great consensual communicative sex is in the real world. Our social sex videos role model good sexual values and good sexual behavior. And here's the important part. We make all of that aspirational versus what you see in porn and popular culture. One man left a comment on one of our videos saying, this video makes me want to be a better man in the bedroom and in life. That's the solution through the female lens. Uh, that's beautiful. And, and one thing I just want to point out too on this platform is uh, deep fakes 
our abuse and you mentioned rape culture and i think a lot of people immediately go to the physical harms that that come with sexual abuse uh there's a great uh, documentary called another body uh we actually featured it on um creativity squares blog and i'll i'll link to it uh, but one of the really important things about this documentary which i really recommend too is that online sexual abuse is still abuse um, and when you participate in watching AI deep fakes, porn, whatever, it's it's abuse and has the same trauma induced as offline physical harm. So I want to make sure that our listeners understand that too, that all of this, uh, the rape culture is just reflected online and it's just as harmful online as it is offline too. Absolutely, because th that is about the humiliation and degradation of women and and deep fakes have resulted in numerous suicides. Yeah, so it's, it's horrible. Um, Wanting to end on a good note, <laughs> there's definitely like a silver lining, hopefully with how horrific everything that happened with Taylor Swift, that we will get some of the regulation. What's been proposed, I don't think is enough yet with the um, the act, what is it called? The, the Defiance Act. Um, and hopefully this interview, you never know what ripples will turn into waves. Uh, We'll get some more funding uh, for Cindy and all of her amazing apps. I love the the consent uh, algorithm because I, I think one thing uh, that I was thinking when you uh, said that is, um, and kind of to your point about men going to the site and seeing you know ways of having sex that is new to them, is that the sex education in the U.S and I'm speaking from personal experience, is so poor and varies state by state that there's no even like great reference of what consent looks like. So in the, in the I, I don't like the word blind spots, but in our knowledge gaps, you know, there isn't like great education or how that's taught. So I love that you have a solution uh, for that. You, um, Helen, you're absolutely right, because the point I make to people is right now, quite rightly, everybody is talking about consent. Everybody's writing about consent. There are lots of thoughtful, nuanced, insightful think pieces out there about consent. Here's the problem. Exactly as you've said, nobody knows what consent actually looks like in bed. The only way you educate people as to what is great consensual communicative sex Good sexualized behavior is by watching people actually having that kind of sex. And Make Love Not Porn is the only place on the internet where you can do that. That is why parents are buying their teenage and 20-something children subscriptions to Make Love Not Porn because they tell us, and I quote, this is a mother saying, I want my kids to see what happy, healthy, loving sexual relationships actually look like. And by the way, Something else I'm raising funding for, and I've been trying to raise funding for for 10 years, and it is absolutely gobsmacking that nobody's wanted to fund this to date, because um, my entire product roadmap for Make Love Not Porn um, that I want to build out, people have been asking me for for years. None of this is me going, oh, I think this might fly. Literally, these are products the world is crying out for. Parents and teachers began writing to me from day one of Make Love Not Porn. I want to build the zero to 18 and beyond sex education expansion, makelovenotporn.academy. So if our listeners go to makelovenotporn.academy, I bought that URL many years ago. I've laid out my full vision there. 
Um, this, this is an aggregator. I want to build the go-to global hub for the best of the world's sex education content. It is extraordinary that investors have not wanted to fund that to date when EdTech is exploding in every other area except this one. So I really encourage our listeners to go and check out makelovenotporn.academy. And anybody who sees, again, the unicorn value of what I, of what I want to build, um, you know, um, I'm Cindy at makelovenotporn.com when you want to hit me with that funding. And I have another question for you. Because when I think about some of my most successful friends that I admire, it often kind of correlates that they're also the most like sexually active and empowered regardless of gender. And I know, you know, you're, you're deep into the advertising agency, but since our show is, you know, at the intersection of AI and creativity, from your perspective, how, you know, our sexual expression influences creativity in our other lives. I think I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, No, um, Helen, you're spot on. You know, I've been saying for years, when I can finally get Make Love Not Porn funded to operate as the Facebook of social sex at scale, because that's how big I want to be. One of the side benefits is you will see productivity shoot up in offices worldwide. You know, when we are all at ease with ourselves as sexual beings, and by the way, very few people are, proportionally speaking. I mean, again, that's why Make Love Not Porn exists. You know, I mean, think about how you feel when you walk down the street after a night of phenomenal sex. You know, imagine that energy infusing every part of your being and your output. You know, um, because we are so fucked up about sex, we've defaulted it to an act, to a thing we do. It's not, it's personality. Who we are sexually informs everything about how we feel about ourselves, other people, our relationships, our lives, our happiness. And yes, it is an enormously important source of creative energy. I couldn't agree more. And so, um, you know, I I will be frank, um, something that enormously frustrates me, and, 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 and because I'm so frustrated about this, I speak about this publicly regularly, Something that enormously frustrates me is the lack of support from my own industry advertising for what I'm doing. You know, I have, you know, with Make Love Not Porn, our industry's holy grail, a big idea designed to do good and make money simultaneously that is globally applicable, you know, executed extremely creatively. And the people with the money in our industry are not funding me. The media companies that could absolutely enable me to advertise when I'm banned from all those social platforms are not rallying around to support what I'm doing. Um, you know, to, uh, it's, it's, it's very, very ironic. You know, the, the brands I want to partner with um, are still too scared to push the button. So if this conversation opens up anybody's minds around the huge opportunity for both social and financial impact, then again, Cindy at makelovenotporn.com. And when we speak about, you know, data is the new oil, you are sitting on such fascinating data of that just really doesn't exist anywhere else. Um, so if, no, 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 if, you, if you, people's ears are perking up, that's yeah, important. Yeah. No, 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 Helen, you're so right again, because I designed Make Love Not Porn to be the Kinsey of today. Real world, real time, real life human sexual behavior captured and aggregated in a way nobody else is doing in an, in an area that is notoriously research and data free, because for all the reasons I battle on a daily basis, nobody's funding the comscore of sex. And in the area of research and data, 
where there is the widest possible gap between what people say and what people actually do. And we are all about what people actually do. Yeah, I think it was um, Plenty of Fish for Forever Go. I think it was their website. They they had a blog where all they did was have their data scientists look at all of the data on the dating app uh, or website anonymously and then reflected out or just reported out the data. And it was always different from what people had in their profiles and their actual behavior on the app. That was actually OkCupid. Okay they did a phenomenal oh, job oh, yes, back, back right. in the day you're... back in the day they did a phenomenal job of marketing their data yeah yeah it was um one of my favorite content strategies for uh for a dating website it was yeah okay keep it you're right oh well, cindy i know it's your birthday i don't want to take up too much more time is there anything else that you want to say on the topic uh especially with the super bowl and valentine's day around the corner Um, No, I mean, you know, I hope I've been crystal clear. The solution to all of this is fund female founders. Thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing your time, especially on your birthday. And I look forward to uh, having you back on the show and getting to dive more into everything AI and creativity uh, later down the line. So thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Helen. Thank you for spending some time with us today. We're just getting started and would love your support. Subscribe to Creativity Squared on your preferred podcast platform and leave a review. It really helps. And I'd love to hear your feedback. What topics are you thinking about and want to dive into more? I invite you to visit creativitysquared.com to let me know. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for our free weekly newsletter so you can easily stay on top of all the latest news at the intersection of AI and creativity. Because it's so important to support artists, 10% of all revenue Creativity Squared generates will go to ArtsWave, a nationally recognized nonprofit that supports over 100 arts organizations. Become a premium newsletter subscriber or leave a tip on the website to support this project and ArtsWave. And premium newsletter subscribers will receive NFTs of episode cover art and more extras to say thank you for helping bring my dream to life. And a big, big thank you to everyone who's offered their time, energy, and encouragement and support so far. I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. This show is produced and made possible by the team at Play Audio Agency. Until next week, keep creating. Keep creating.